بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الکریم الحمد للہ ٹونائٹ از دا ایٹین آف جون ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ of the eminent companion, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu. And alhamdulillah, the greatest days on earth have entered. So all praise and thanks be to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's allowed us to live once more through these blessed days and has promised to mention another virtue of these awesome days. So in the Quran itself, in Surah Al-Hajj, Surah 22 verse 28, Allah the Almighty and Glorious Himself says أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وَيَذْكُرُ اسْمُ اللَّهِ فِي أَيَّامٍ مَعْلُومَاتٍ And remember the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the days well known. So in the glorious Quran itself the command is given Remember the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through ayyamim ma'lumat, through the days well known. So what are the days well known? In Sayyid Bukhari, Behaki in Shu'ab al-Iman, number 1383, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he recited the verse, he explained. Yawmim ma'lumat, the days well known, are the ten days, i.e. of Dhul-Hijjah. Subhanallah. So Allah the Almighty and Glorious Himself says, Remember my name through these days. Note therefore the divine command that in these auspicious ten days we should increase in our remembrance of our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we're still on the subsection in which we're discussing the question where should we acquire the sacred knowledge from? And the last thing I mentioned was the report from Sayyidina Ibn Mas'ud where he said in Sayyid Muslim number 13 You will never narrate a hadith to people that is beyond their grasp except it will be a source of fitna for some of them. And like I mentioned if you speak to people about things which they simply cannot comprehend You may prompt them into making blasphemous statements or even rejection. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserves. Ameen. As the Holy Prophet Isa alayhi salatu waslam so beautifully articulated, be like the skillful physician and apply the ointment only to the sore spot. Subhanallah. This is recorded in Imam Malik in his Muwatta. So the Holy Prophet Isa alayhi salatu waslam, he goes, you should be a skillful physician. So what does the skillful physician do? He only applies the ointment to the spot which is ailing. So if you've got a rash on your arm, why are you putting the ointment on the leg? So Isa was saying, apply it when it's needed. As one of those scholars so aptly said, we have the soundest case, but the most lousy lawyers. <laughs> like they say, this salesman can sell ice to an Eskimo. Meaning, he's, you know, he's got the gift. So we've been given the greatest gift, 
But we're lousy salesmen. We don't know how to sell who Allah Ta'ala has given. Namely, we have the absolute truth. But we are doing a lousy job of conveying it. I.e. by speaking without knowledge. Those doing more harm than good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserves. Amin. Thus consider the following most informative report from Al-Aswad who said, We were once seated in the assembly of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud when Hudayfah came and stood over us. He offered the salam and said, لَقَدْ أُنزِلَ النِّفَاقُ عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ خَيْرٍ مِنْكُمْ Hypocrisy overcame a people, some of whom were even better than you. We then said in fear, Subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the hypocrites will be in the lowest level of the hellfire. Aye, so how can they be better than as Muslims? Upon this, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud smiled, radiyallahu, whilst Hudayfa radiyallahu sat down in another corner of the masjid. Let's stop in the report. So this is recorded in Sayyid Bukhari, number 4602. So picture the scene. Abdullah ibn Masood sitting with his students in the masjid, radiyallahu, and Hudayfa comes. <laughs> and Hudayfa, after giving the salam, he said something which made them shake. He said, لَقَدْ أُنزِلَ النِّفَاقُ عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ خَيْرٍ مِنْكُمْ Hypocrisy overcame a people, some of whom were even better than you. Because they were hypocrites better than you. So, what did they say in fear? Because Allah Ta'ala's mentioned the hypocrites are in the lowest fire. How can they be better than us? And they start shaking. But, Abdullah ibn Masood smiled at this. He didn't shake, he smiled. And Hudayfa left. When Abdullah ibn Masood stood up and his companions dispersed, Sayyidina Hudayfa threw some pebbles at me and beckoned me. So who was this Hudayfa throwing pebbles to? He was throwing it at Al-Aswad, the student of Ibn Masood. So he threw some pebbles to get his attention. I went to him and Hudayfa said, I am astonished at your teacher's laughter, even though he understood what I said. I unlike your, judging from your reactions. <laughs> so Hudayfa said to Aswad, because I'm Surprised that Ibn Masood. Why? Because he understood what I said, because he smiled. But you didn't. I, he ought to have clearly affirmed what I said. For those who were present could have misconstrued his laughter and assumed that he did not agree with my statement. So Hudayfa said that his smile you could have misunderstood. So I'm going to have to clarify. Hudayfa then explained his statement and said, Radiallah, Lakad unzilan nifaku ala kumin khainim minkum, fumma tabu fatabullahu alihim. Hypocrisy did overcome some people who were better than you, but they repented. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted their repentance. <laughs> so Hudayfa clarified, <laughs> he goes, Your teacher didn't explain this to you. <laughs> So now, what do we take from this hadith in Bukhari Sharif? Mulana Ashraf Ali Fanawi, he clarified. 
ان از حقیق الطریقہ من السنہ العلیقہ آئی اسوفی سٹوری اف حدیث پیج 229 اف دی انگلش ٹرانسلیشن سو دی ریسپیکٹڈ حنفی شیخ ہی ایکسپلین رحمت اللہ علیہ دی موسٹ پروببل ریزن فار ہز میکنگ دی سٹیٹمنٹ واز ٹو ٹیسٹ ہز لسنرز ٹو ڈیمنسٹریٹ ٹو دیم دیٹ دی آلمائٹی کنٹرولز پیپلز ہارٹس and that they should therefore abstain from being conceited and thinking ill of others. So why did Hudayfa do this? So if you go through the simple steps, he walks in, he sees Ibn Masood sitting with his students, and he comes out with his atom bomb statement. Hypocrisy overcame a people, some of whom were better than you. So they thought, that means that we're worse than monafics. That's what he's basically said. And then Ibn Masood smiled because he knew what he was saying, but they didn't. And then he explained. He goes, I'm surprised he didn't clarify. He goes, they repented. Allah Ta'ala accepted the repentance. So why on earth did Hudayfa make that statement? So the respected Sheikh said he was testing them. The students need to be tested, otherwise they're going to you know, do lali mode. He tested them. And then what happened? When he tested them, they didn't get it and they got scared. But what was he testing them on? He was teaching them, never show conceit. Why? Because you might be a monafic. He goes, how can you show arrogance and pride? But, he goes, even those who were hypocrites, they repented. Allah Ta'ala accepted their repentance. So look how beautiful. Ibrahim was soothed on the script. Now what does that tell you about his understanding of the deep? The students didn't get it. And be honest, did we get it? When I stopped at that point, you're thinking, oh, well, Ibn Masood smiling. So why was he smiling? Because oh, he's testing my students. And I don't think they've got it. Clarifying on this further, Abu Umam radiyallahu he said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed by Baqi al-Gharqat on an intensely hot day. And he sensed that people were walking behind him. When he heard their footsteps, this weighed heavily upon him. He therefore sat down until all the people had passed by him. He did this to avoid the effects of pride settling on his heart. This is in Ibn Majah, number 245. So look at this amazing scene. He's in Jannat al-Baqi, the graveyard, the blessed graveyard in Al-Madina. It's blazingly hot. People are behind him. So immediately the Prophet sat down. Imagine. Why? Because he didn't want any pride in his heart. So when the Sahaba then walked forward, he only then arose. So what now is being taught here? Mawlana Ashraf Ali Thanabi Rahmatullah, he clarified. In his Hakikat At-Tariqa min al-Sunnah al-Aniqa. A Sufi study of Hadith, page 281 of the English translation. It should thus be clear that when someone is raised to the status of a spiritual master, they must not sit back and rest. Just like the novice, they should pay particular attention to rectifying their deeds and constantly fear the reversal of their own condition. There is absolute good in this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and the Shaykh recited Surah Al-A'raf, Surah 7 verse 99, Audhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem, فَلَا يَعْمَنُوا مَقْرُ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الْقَوْمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ 
nobody feels safe from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's deep devising except the people who are already lost. So why did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sit when the sahaba were walking behind him? Because he didn't want pride in his heart. But now there's a problem. The problem is he was protected from every sin. So this was to teach. Who was he teaching? He was teaching the spiritual masters. And how many of the so-called spiritual masters fail here? I'm purified. I've reached the level. They sit back. Rasulullah didn't sit back. He sat down. So he was teaching that the novice, just like the person who gives bayya, the absolute novice, the sheikh himself, he needs to pay particular attention to rectifying his own deeds. There is beauty in this. And then he quotes a verse. Now what is this verse got to do with what he's saying? What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? فَلَا يَأْمَنُ مَقَرُ اللَّهِ إِلَّا الْقَوْمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ Nobody feels safe from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's secret planning except the people who are lost. So the Shaykh was highlighting that Allah ta'ala, his secret planning could be that you are doomed. Shaytan, when he was doing all his immense or intense worship, was he not doomed? This was the secret planning of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what do we take from that? It's not just a story. The lesson there is no matter how pious you think you are, you might be doomed. But Allah ta'ala is telling you in the Quran that if you don't have that, you are scared of the planning of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you take relevant steps, then you are on the correct path. And who was the best in all, uh, all areas? Rasulullah. He saw people behind him and he sat. He let them walk past, then he stood up. Why? Because he didn't want pride. Now compare that to so many so-called spiritual shaykhs now. When do you see this? Right? Where you actually see the shaykh being more humble than the students. Why? Because it has all become, you know, it's like, a, like the hadith says, Zuhud, the Prophet said in Kanzul Umal, one of the signs of the hour is Zuhud will become a tale. Just like a story, you know, you tell stories. The sheikhs were like this and the sheikhs, well, what about you? You're a sheikh. What's, why are you narrating this? Is it become a story? Astaghfirullah. Indeed, no other than Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu, he clarified upon the secret planning. In Ibn Abi Hatim, he said, the greatest of the major sins are associating other objects with the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Feeling secure against the secret planning of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Despairing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. And despairing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's soothing mercy. I refer to Surah 12 verse 87. So again Ibn Masood is giving you the answers. What's the greatest of sins? Shirk. So obviously we all know this. What's the second greatest sin according to Ibn Masood? Feeling secure against the secret planning of Allah. Now what does that mean? It means you think you're special. I'm safe. I've reached the level. That is going to destroy you. That's what shaitan taught. Are you following his sunnah? Imagine somebody goes, which sunnah is this brother? That you think you're safe? Shaitan, you're following his sunnah. Ibn Masood said, this is the second most greatest sin. It will destroy you. 
The third despairing of Allah Ta'ala's mercy. What does Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala say in Surah Baqarah? Do not with your own hands throw yourself into destruction. And one of the companions, Bara'ah radiyallahu he said in Ibn Jarir, Hassan Hadith in his tafsir, he said, this means that you sin and you say Allah Ta'ala will not forgive me. So, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Do not with your own hands destroy yourself. The Sahaba radiyallahu said what that means is you commit a sin and you say I'm not going to get forgiven. That's another destructive sin. Now look how strange that is. The sin isn't as destructive as the feeling of you despairing of Allah Ta'ala's mercy. That's worse. So imagine you, you commit a sin. That's bad enough. No it isn't. If you now think that Allah Ta'ala is not going to forgive you, that's worse than the sin. And fourthly, despairing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's soothing mercy. And this is a special type of mercy mentioned in Surah Yusuf, Surah 12, verse 87. Ismail ibn Rafi, he said, Rahmatullah ibn Abi Hatim, an example of securing oneself from against the deep planning of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to perform a sin while still hoping for forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the secret planning. How many of us are guilty of that? Astaghfirullah. So what did Ismail ibn Rafi say? This is an example of you playing games. You sin and you say, guaranteed I'm going to get forgiven. Guaranteed. He goes, that is Allah Ta'ala is playing games with you now. Now somebody goes, but isn't there a contradiction now? Because you just said that when you commit a sin, you can never think that Allah Ta'ala won't forgive you. Otherwise, that's worse than the sin. That's correct. What's that going to do with this? This is something completely different. It's saying that you commit a sin and you completely feel secure. Allah Ta'ala is not going to take you to task. He goes, that you need to rectify. Why? Allah Ta'ala can't take you to task any moment. Just because he's not, it doesn't mean he's not forgotten. Dos Hassan al-Basri, what did he say? Rahmatullah. In Ibn Jadir and Ibn Katir in their tafsirs, the believer performs his acts of worship all the while being afraid and anxious, i.e. that they will not be accepted. And the fajr, the criminal, commits the acts of disobedience whilst feeling safe, i.e. from the divine wrath. So look at how beautiful. These are the masters of the heart. They're breaking it down. So Hassan al-Basri rahmatullah said, you want to be this first category. So what is the first category? You're doing good deeds and you are afraid it's not being accepted. Hmm. Apply it to yourself. Do you believe that? Look how arrogant we are. Well, guaranteed Allah is going to accept it. I've got a special place, have you? Shaitan had a special place. What happened to him? But if you doing your deeds and you're thinking, there's a hundred and one ways this is not going to get accepted. I only I sincerely hope Allah Ta'ala in His kindness accepts it. That's good. Then he said the Fajr. Now Fajr in Arabic, in English means a criminal. This is what it literally means. The criminal commits sins and he feels safe. So you go right. Okay, let's forget about good deeds. Let's turn to your sins. When you commit sins, how do you feel? You think Allah Ta'ala is going to, you know, you're safe from Allah Ta'ala's wrath. Yeah. He doesn't even know he's in a, such a disastrous day. 
because nobody's talking about the important things they're talking about leather socks mm. imagine any the things that will destroy you after shirk nobody's told you about it mm. after shirk ibn masud said this is the most destructive thing anybody talked about it mm. is it there's something more there's nothing more important to discuss mm. so when you do our deeds we hope and what did i mention you know many moons prior when ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and his blessed son alayhi salatu wasalam raised the kaaba what dua did they make rabbana taqabbal minna innaka antas samiyun alim o allah subhanahu wa accepted from us truly you are the hearer of the no which category did they belong to Allah Ta'ala is teaching you the believer does his deeds he's afraid he's not been accepted so take take Khalilullah and his blessed son they're building the Kaaba who's told him to build the Kaaba Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they didn't even use that as an excuse ya Allah we don't need to ask for this because you told us to do it we've done it they still did it the Fajr this is where we realize where we're failing you feel safe constantly sitting constantly you feel safe that's now destruction you should never feel safe you should think in allah can take me to task immediately just because he's not and you grieve over that on the same team our beloved mother sayyida aisha what did she say i once asked rasulullah about the following verse surah al-mu'minun surah 23 verse 60 وَالَّذِينَ يُؤْتُونَ مَا آتَوْا وَقُلُوبُهُمْ وَجِلَةٌ أَنَّهُمْ And those that give that which they give with hearts full of fear. I asked, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, does this refer to people who take intoxicants and committed theft? So stop in the report. So our mother... Sayyidah Aisha radiyallahu anha this verse you want a clarification and what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say they give with their hearts full of fear so if you give sadaqah and you are fearful that seems to indicate that you've committed some great crime so Aisha said oh ya rasulullah is this talking about those who commit major sins they take drugs they drink uh, or they commit theft and then when they give they they're fearful The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said no far from this o daughter of Siddiq the meaning is actually quite contrary it refers to the god fearing person who fasts offers salat gives sadaqah gives zakat even then they fear that their deeds of worship may not find acceptance he then recited the next verse sallallahu alaihi wasallam Surah Al-Mu'minun Surah 23 verse 61 Ulaika yusari'una fil khayrat wa hum laha sabiqun It is these who are quick in every good deed and indeed these are the foremost in them Subhanallah So let's look at this So this is recorded in Tirmidhi number 3225 Ibn Imajin number 4198 Ahmad in his Musnad, Hakim in his Mustadrak, Sahih, Al-Humaydi ibn Abi Hatim ibn Jarir ibn Katid, Tafsir Mazhari, Ma'rif al-Quran. Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi in his Sahih, Sunan ibn Maju, number 3384, stated, Hassan li-Ghayr, authentic. So in this authentic report, and if you want to be blunt, 
with respect, our mother made an error. <laughs> our mother, and obviously we don't find fault with that because the verse apparently indicates that. The verse is saying those that give with their hearts full of fear. She thought this is talking about major sinners who are doing giving sadaqah. The Prophet said no. Allah Ta'ala is not talking about them. So look at the verse, what's it saying? They give with their hearts full. So who's Allah Ta'ala talking about? The Prophet is talking about the God-fearing person. He commits very few sins, fasts, prays, gives zakat, sadaqah. And they still think nothing is being accepted. Allah Ta'ala is praising, not condemning. And then he goes, look at the next verse. It is these who are quick in doing good deeds. And these are the foremost in them. So Allah Ta'ala highlighted something about the God-fearing. He mentioned three signs. The first sign is they don't think their deeds are being accepted. They're doing all the deeds under the sun and they're thinking, I'll be lucky if anything's accepted. That's the first beautiful sign of the... So Allah Ta'ala praises them in verse 60 of Surah Mu'minu. What's the second and third signs of their, of their nobility? Despite that, they are quick in doing good deeds. Nobody beats them to it. These blessed 10 days have come. Nobody's going to beat them. Right? You'll notice they're always ahead of the people. Despite the fact that they're scared. Allah Ta'ala praises them with a second. And then the third sign is, they are sabiqun. They're ahead of the people. So look how beautiful. Allah Ta'ala is praising. But the verse without commentary could indicate he's condemning. So now without commentary, what does the verse say? Surah 23, verse 60 and 61. And those that give with their hearts full of fear. Verse 61. It is these who are quick in every good deed. And indeed, these are the foremost in them. So Allah Ta'ala is highlighting where piety lies. Piety lies in you being quick in doing good deeds. Don't let anybody beat you into doing good deeds. But don't get proud. Mm. At the very same time, you are the quickest. You are beating everybody. You're thinking, I don't know if he's going to be accepted. Mm. Then you get a big tick. Allah Ta'ala has praised you. Mm. If you think it's been accepted, you fajr. Mm. You turn into a fajr. Mm. As the noble Hassan al-Basri so beautifully put it, Rahmatullahi, in Qurtubi and Quran, I knew a people who did virtuous deeds yet were still more fearful than people who committed evil deeds. <laughs> Imagine you know, what sort of environment were the Ta'abeen living in. I knew a people who did good deeds. Imagine living with the Sahaba. Every corner you're getting blown away by Sahaba doing immense deeds. And then he goes, yet they were still more fearful than the sinful. So some, imagine, so somebody, you get a big sinner taking drugs, fornicating, missing salat, disobeying his parents. And imagine, you know, he himself will think, I'm in a really bad state. So you're looking at the guy, you think, look, brother, at least you feel pity, you know, you feel grief over the sins. May Allah give you the strength to overcome it. And then next to him, you see somebody, person, another person who, in a worse condition. So you're thinking, my God, what, what's he doing? Oh, he's sahaba. Thinking, he's sahaba? Why is he even more depressed than him? Because... I knew a people who do get, did, did good deeds. They were still more fearful than people who committed sins. So this is the state of the righteous. Outward manifestations of the states of the Saab. So look at the Saab. I wish I wasn't born. I wish my mother never gave birth to me. 
I wish that I could be turned to dust. And yet, look at their good deeds. What sins were they committing? We beg our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala for all such beautiful traits and characteristics. Amen. So note, all of this is extracted from the great Ibn Mas'ud's statements, i.e. in which he mentioned the deadly sins. Are there any questions? Subhanallah <laughs> <laughs>